This is show number 16 of Look at His Butt, LT and JK Talk Trek. Episode 16. We come on like a dream, peaches and cream, <laughs> lips like strawberry wine. That's where you're supposed to Oh, go. I'm sorry. I wasn't, I wasn't prepared to sing. Okay. Well, sorry. that was the music for this show, folks. <laughs> Aren't you glad we don't usually do that? It is show 16 is. of Look at His Butt. Oh, look at His Butt. We've just spent a lot of time looking at his butt. That's right. Well, that's what we're here for. It always makes me feel good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's hotter than hell in here. Uh-huh. My computer is on fire <laughs> or something. It was a warm day, and we have oh. two power books in here, so the amount of heat being generated is like you could heat a whole house with these things. I guess. Geez, somebody throw some cold water on us. <sighs> so um, let's let's do some of the, the things that we're going to do by saying this is look at his butt. The podcast. The podcast. Not the movie. <laughs> Not yet, anyway. Not yet. Not yet. Oh, and this is Lena. And this is Kitty. And uh, we have uh, lots of stuff to talk about. Now, the first thing we wanted to re-mention, because I think we forgot to mention it in the last show. Probably the last 12 shows, probably, but go ahead. whatever. Um, is that there's a con coming up in the San Francisco Bay Area that we are going to, and it's called BassCon. And it's going to be held November 4th through the 6th, and it's in, uh, I believe, just south of San Francisco. And the city itself is called South South San San Francisco. Francisco. Yeah, so it's BassCon.org if you want to go to their website and check it out. Um, We're not actually going to be doing stuff at the con. We're going to be at the hotel or at one of the nearby hotels, uh, pretty much having a continuous room party from when we get there to when we leave. And um, and we are going to interview a few people. Oh, yes, absolutely. For the show. So um, that'll be real exciting to do our BassCon show. I think there'll be, uh, there'll be interviews. I think we should absolutely have some thick reading so that people can read some things mm-hmm. and we can put that up there. That would be, I, I think, really good. Yeah, that's a good idea. And just kind of have some free-for-all discussion about, you know, gay bonanza and stuff like that. That. Those are always good I was, discussions. I was going to ask: Are we going to bring Gabe and Anza to Bascon, and or are we going to bring our Trek porn? We haven't watched that in a number of wow, years. Wow, that would be fun. We should bring the Trek porn. Yeah, I think. I, I think so. I think that would be really good. Yeah. So um, I, I will say that um, there is going to be one person at this Bascon whom we've never met. But we're very excited about meeting her if she, in fact, shows up and we can get hold of her. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. So that'll be that'll be a surprise treat if we can actually get her yes, in the flesh. Yes, that'll be wonderful. Yay. Um, okay, so uh, oh, the other thing I wanted to talk about is, all right, you know, we've been giving you homework and you haven't really been doing it, but this <laughs> is the one we're serious about. This is the one we really, really want and um, I'm going to give you a little history here there is a tv movie that William Shatner did what early 70s yeah let me look it up in the Shatnerica which I happen to have because we were looking up other stuff but um it's called the 10th level and I do not remember ever seeing it Lena saw it I saw it and and says it's excellent so we've been trying to get it it's never been released on video never been released on dvd and so I finally encountered a really lovely person whose uh, screen name is Ruby Pearl on the Shatner board who said, oh, she had it. And she would send me a copy. And she sent me, I don't know, three, four emails warning me. This is the worst quality. This is so bad. It's almost unwatchable. And I kept saying, send it, send it. I watched Alexander the Great. Send it, send it. I watched, you know, the, the orange shag carpet on $20,000 Pyramid. 
And so she did send it to me, and it is completely unwatchable. You can't, it's, you can't even even tell what's going on. So, we really want someone. We do to come up with a tape, a watchable tape. Of the 10th level. And why don't you tell people a little bit about it? Well, I, I'm looking in the Shet Erica now. This was a CBS made-for-TV movie, and it was done in 1976. Two hours long. It was long. Um, I'm looking for something. You keep talking. Oh, okay. This, I, I distinctly remember watching this. Of course, I watched it because um, being such a huge Shatner fan at the time, uh, after Star Trek, and you know, you, you watched whatever bill you could get hold of, and this was a very serious movie. And uh, Shatner's character in this movie is Stanley Milgram, and he was a famous researcher in a certain type of psychology because he did a lot of seminal experiments showing that people would do really terrible things to other people if they thought they were doing it in the name of research. So the whole point of this movie was showing how Milgram um, had volunteers come in to be part of this research subject and they would give electric shocks to what they thought were other test volunteers. They were in fact actors um, and would give them higher and higher shocks because the the other test volunteers weren't performing a task quickly enough or something like that. But there was supposed to be some reason for them to be giving shocks to these people and they would continue to give these electric shocks even when they knew that the severity of the shocks was enough to kill someone because that was what they were supposed to be doing and, and they would continue to do this. And Milgram um, had to end the experiments eventually because he was just kind of horrified by what was happening and the way people were behaving. And um, it was a kind of research that was really ugly. It revealed a lot of you know very base truths about human beings and people didn't want to believe it. But it's brought up again and again as... Um, just proof that people will do awful things to other people when they're being told to. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is Ruby Pearl, when she sent me the tape, was kind enough to print out a review of it that oh, she found it? on IMDb. Oh, cool. And um, th- I want to read the review. And the headline on it is, Wonderful Drama, Too Bad It's Not on Video. When reading my review, please consider my rating carefully. I saw it when I was a kid, (laughs) and it has not been on TV for many, many years, and it's not available on video. So if I could see it again, maybe I would think less highly of it. I feel exactly the same way. The reason I'm rating it so high is that this film was very instrumental in influencing my career choices. As a psychology teacher, much of the time is spent discussing the moral implications of the famous Milgram studies, on which this TV movie is based. It's too bad that such a moral dilemma is rarely discussed on television. TV too seldom is about moral decisions and choices. If it ever comes back on TV or video, get a copy fast. It may be your only chance. I would love to see it again. I would really like to know if it was as good as I thought it was right. at the time. Who it, else is in it? Is the cast? Oh yeah, there? that's the other thing I was going to mention. John Travolta is in this. <gasps> really? And How interesting. I, I read something recently. People were talking about it. And I couldn't really understand it until I read it several times. But they were saying this was his his first role, and I was going, "No, wasn't that in the the bad Shatner movie with Ernest Borgnine? Oh, Devil's Rain. Devil's yeah. Rain." But that was a movie, and this was a TV movie. So they've worked together twice, but also in it is Ossie Davis, Carlin Glynn, and Vivica Lindfors. Wow. And they say it's 102 minutes. Oh, this one said 120 minutes, and that says 102 minutes. I wonder which is more accurate. Hmm. This also says 75, and this says 76. (laughs) Hmm. Hmm. Well, anyway, folks, we really, really... We would love to see that. We would love to see it and and comment on it, and we would 
we'd be really grateful if somebody did have it, got in touch, or, or at least and knew, was willing to share. But knew where we could get it, yes. even. Like, if you've ever seen it at a con, or seen it offered at a con, or you have um, uh, a trade list from somebody else, you mm-hmm. know, if you've just seen it somewhere, somehow, please let us know. Write to us at lookathisbutt at gmail.com, because we would really like to know. We would. Yeah. Uh, okay. What was the other thing? Was there something else? I don't know. I thought there was. Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> We're so, so well organized yeah. here. Well, maybe we should just take a little break. Okay. So we'll take our, our little musical break. But we won't sing again. And and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about Charlie X. Okay. Which um, we've been wanting to watch again for a while and we had some, some new observations on it. And Charlie X has moral implications. The type it TV does. should deal with. Absolutely. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. A commercial? No way, dude. This is just to remind you. Email lookathisbutt at gmail.com. Website lookathisbutt.blogspot.com. We want to hear from you. Send us anything. Email, audio comments, pictures. You send it to us and we'll talk about it. This whole podcast recorded on an Apple PowerBook with GarageBand. This show is part of the Out of This World Entertainment on the Sci-Fi Podcast Network. TSFPN.com They so did it. Don't you think so? Totally. From that little performance? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Okay. Okay, that's all we (laughs) wanted to say about Charlie X is her and Spock. So did it. So totally did it. They did, though. So we were talking about this as we're watching the episode. Charlie X, the second episode broadcast, um, and second in the filming order, I'm assuming, although we don't really know that, uh, has a wonderful scene where everybody's hanging out down in the rec room. (laughs) Before there was 10 forward, there was the rec room, which is a pretty small room. And um, oddly enough, Spock is, like, hanging with everybody down there. You know, they're all joking around, and Janice is playing solitaire for some reason, and she and Uhura are yacking away. And then Uhura... And you know what? Spock's wishing some space hippies would show up so he could jam with them. He could jam. (laughs) He so wanted to jam. And then he and Uhura do this song, and she sings this very suggestive song to him, and she's kind of draping herself all over him, and he smiles at her. Oh, yeah. So I think they were totally doing it. I think so, too. Okay. Okay. So that's good. So now, having established that... (laughs) Charlie X, um, we wanted to watch this because we have a screen cap that we want to share with yeah. you, which we will. And of course, it's a red tights screen cap, a very, very look at his butt sort of screen yeah. cap. And and I'm clutching my wild shirtless Kirk card here of him in his red tights. His but little red tights. Oh, yummy. Very. He looked so good. And you can see the dance belt all the time in the back, flesh-colored, but you can see it. You can definitely see it. And that means he's not wearing underwear. (laughs) If you're wearing a dance belt, you're not wearing underwear. That's, you know, you just don't don't wear both. Yeah, so that was was awfully good. Um, It was an episode, I haven't watched this for a really long time. It's been a while for me, too. And um, the thing I noticed most was what a bad actor Grace Lee Whitney was. You know... She has had such a uh, varied reputation. 
I think for a long time people dismissed her as an actor because she just wasn't in it very much. And then there was a point when the movie started up again where people were saying, oh, she, she, you know, she was actually pretty good and they never gave her a chance and she had all these problems and blah, blah, blah. And watching this episode again, I was just thinking, wow, she was really not good. And you know what the thing is? We're watching the, the tape from the sci-fi edition where they had those little mini interviews mm-hmm. with the actors. And in her many interviews, she is quite animated. Oh, yes, very. But uh, in the episode, she's just... Totally wooden. Blank. Just, yes, completely wooden. And it's not what Rand should be doing in this episode. Mm-hmm. There's one scene in particular where Charlie, as wonderfully played by Robert oh. Walker Jr., is talking to her and conveying all these emotions and his confusion and she merely has to stand there and react to him and as a good actor would do you know show the emotions across her face and show her empathy and she shows nothing and then at the very end she bites her lip a little and that's her whole reaction to this this as you were saying extremely well played this heart-rending speech and it it is really a shame because Watching it this time, I was just really struck by how how perfectly nuanced Robert Walker oh, Jr.'s yeah. performance is. And I was watching this, I think in some ways sort of through new eyes in a, in a different way, and watching him and realizing that the heart and soul of this episode resides in us empathizing with mm-hmm. him. And certainly in all the early scenes and even later scenes where we know that he's got this power, whenever he comes into a room, he has this little ingratiating yeah. smile and he wants so much to oh, be yeah. liked. And really, my heart was just going out mm-hmm. to him as the kid on the playground who never got picked, you know, that he was just tapping into that, whether you've experienced, whether you've seen it happen to, uh, to other people, to children you're close to or whatever. And then... At the end, that whole thing about, you know, they can't even touch and I want to stay, it's, it really just tears at you and it really, I think, represents some of the best of Trek in that, yes, it is a sci-fi story, but it's such a human story and it, it goes is. right to the heart it of it. It is. And his performance just carries it beautifully. It is. The dynamic between him and Kirk is really, really it's good. It's excellent. There's, there's one scene that I think is not played correctly. Um, when it's the first time that Kirk has to explain why it's not okay to slap a woman on the butt, which is just played for laughs. It's, it's yeah. really stupid. The, the next scene where Kirk is trying to explain why Janice doesn't love him, why Janice doesn't love Charlie, is really well done. Kirk starts off a little uh, hesitant about the mm-hmm. way he's going to do it, but then as soon as they get down to brass tacks, he's very direct and very honest, but in a non-threatening way. Mm-hmm. I, I think he manages to be frank about the fact that Janice isn't going to love him back, but kind of reassuring at the same time. And he's saying, you know, when you feel that bad, you just have to survive. Everybody does. I've done it. It's right. happened to me. But the other interesting thing about that scene is, and again, it's been many years since I've watched it. This time I'm watching it and I'm going, okay, the elephant in the room yeah. that no one will mention, but they dance around a lot is that Kirk is fucking her. Yeah. Because when he says, you know, I survived, and Charlie says, you don't. Mm-hmm. The idea is you don't have to survive without Janice because you can have her anytime you want, and we all know it. We all know it. So, um, I don't know. That was just kind of kind I, of interesting I to me. I thought that was really good. And the thing that I had... Passed for subtext <laughs> in the 60s. Very large subtext. Yeah, played um, real close to the <laughs> surface. <laughs> um, the thing that I had forgotten that happened at the end, and so this was actually really like watching it with fresh eyes, was when the the, the Thacians, the Thacians, Thacians come back, and Charlie keeps saying, "No, no, I want to stay with you." 
Kirk actually does get up and make an attempt to convince them to let Charlie stay. I had forgotten that mm-hmm. he did that. So oh. it was a plot point that completely escaped me. And he does it even though he's not sure it's the right thing to do. Well, and it, it kind of fits right into Kirk's character. Yeah. So many yeah. times when he has to, to speak about the nature of humanity, the nature of man, he always says, we're learning, we're developing, we're find, we're trying to find the best in ourselves. And he is willing to give Charlie that chance, which is pretty amazing. He says he should be with his own kind and mm-hmm. we can help him to learn how to use his power. Right. He really believes that. Yeah. It's it's great and he's just so low key about it. It's it would be so easy for that part to become impassioned. Mhm. When he's making that speech, why don't you let him stay with us? And he's not. He's no. just deadly serious and yep. and very very controlled. It's great. He's well, so good. Well, it also goes to the idea of Kirk always believes there is a solution, a better mm-hmm. way, and it goes against his grain that the solution is to let this boy yeah. go. Yeah. Where he doesn't belong, but he doesn't belong with people either. He no longer belongs anywhere. Mm-hmm. He doesn't fit anywhere and it's very it's very sad, and, and it's it, it's extremely well played. I found it very touching when Charlie was pleading with them but that he went over to Kirk and put his hand yeah. on his arm. Yeah. And it, it I don't know. It, it's a very touching episode. It is. It's a very well-directed episode. There's mm-hmm. a lot of good lighting effects that happen. There's a lot of good um, staging. I noticed the one thing that Robert Walker d- did a couple of times, and in one scene with Kirk he does it in particular, is that he gets too close to people. Yes. When he walks up to them for the first time, he completely invades their personal space. And in the scene where he goes up and does it in Kirk's quarters, you can see Kirk willing himself not to back away. Yes, that was wonderful. I'm glad you picked up on that because yeah. I noticed that too. That was that was really a very subtle, but but really mm-hmm. there and just you know brought a lot of texture to that scene. Mm-hmm. I thought that was great. And here's the other thing, you know, people talk about Star Trek original series, the cheesy special effects. This was, I think, one of the most moving and most effective stories. And it had to be a very cheap story to make because it was all aboard the ship. You know, you didn't have to build a planet. You didn't have to go on location. Um, Special effects were, you know, stopping the camera and people stepped away because now they disappeared. And the phasion at the end. They had to pay for that lizard. Oh, yeah, that lizard. Lizards (laughs) don't come cheap. Lizard wrangler. (laughs) Get the lizard wrangler in here. But it's... It, it does go to the, the strength of, of Trek, something we were talking about yeah. several shows back about stories, simple stories told effectively. Yes, completely. Absolutely. It, it reminded me um, a lot of the Twilight Zone episode, um, It's a Good Day. And I, I think the take on it is, if you hold those two episodes up side by side, it shows you a lot of the difference in the worldview of the Twilight Zone as opposed to the Trek episode, where, mm-hmm. you know, the Twilight Zone view of things is that horror is inevitable and there is no good resolution to a story like that. There can never be a happy ending, whereas the Trek version is there could be a happy ending. Maybe it won't be, but there could be. Right. There's always something positive at the end of it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why it's still a great show and why this is still a mm-hmm. really, really good episode. And, and it's a show that, it, as I say, it had great performances except for Rand. It had great writing. And, and that that's where the focus was on. It was on the stuff that lasts. Yeah. 
And, you know, special effects go cheap really fast. I mean, if you watch the original Star Wars movie now, the stuff that just blew me away the first time I saw it, it's like, oh, man, this is so lame and so slow. Mm-hmm. So you've got to build your story on something better. Mm-hmm. And this this definitely did it. Yeah. I, it's an excellent story. And I think we need to dwell just a little longer on the, the wrestling <laughs> Yeah, I because agree with you there. I, I got to share with people how, just how, how geeky we can get about these things. Um, as I say, we were watching it on videotape, and there was a wonderful, couple wonderful shots of, of uh, Shatner in the Kirklight, mm-hmm. and he's shirtless, and he's sweaty. And so we're sitting here going, wild, shirtless, sweaty, Kirk, oh my God. And Lena said, we've got to get the DVD so we can screen cap. And I said, well, I'm sure we can find screen caps on the net. She goes, no, no, no. <laughs> this has to be done carefully. <laughs> I have to do it myself. <laughs> and she and she would like to be alone when she does yes, it. <laughs> very slow, careful process. Because you have to get just the right frame, you know, with no blurring <laughs> in it or anything. I just the re- light in his eyes. I remember at a con, you were screen capping some <laughs> episode, probably Mirror Mirror, uh, and there were a group of us standing behind you going, yes, get that one, yes. that one. And we could not, I think it took us... Three hours I to get so. through the episode. It was great. That was fun. And at the same time, we had a movie playing on the TV <laughs> that was sort of providing really weird dialogue. And I remember at one point, maybe it wasn't Mirror Mirror because Kirk was shirtless, but the person on the television <laughs> said, I have some yellow liquid for your popcorn. That's right. <laughs> lost it. Uh-huh. So anyway, screen capping is very... Very it's big very, in our world. It's very, very big because you have to get those extremely perfect caps. You know, it adds to the whole. And then experience. you have to send it to me, so I open an email yeah. and go, Sally. Oh, but yeah, he's he's gorgeous. His hair looks wonderful in this one, and he does some marvelously controlled, understated acting. One of the things I was noticing is, you know, in the the wrestling scene, that's where we mm-hmm. first see Charlie take somebody out. That guy, Sam. Yeah. And you were commenting about how, how Kirk handles that. Mm-hmm. You know, you see no panic, you see no shouting. But when the two security guys finally take Charlie out, he lets yeah. out a breath. And that he's he's like short of breath when yeah. he calls into the bridge then. You know, he's been holding it together and now it's like, shit. Yeah, that was, that was really well done. Uh, really, really nicely done. Um, what else was I going to say? Oh, there were a couple of silly things. I will mention the silly things. Okay. The first thing is, I think this was the first episode where they tried that wraparound shirt on Kirk, the green one. Uh, yeah. And it was way too small. It was like Ken doll size. It looked really stupid in that first scene. So and I'm really glad they didn't have it in the rest of the app. I don't like that shirt. It, it didn't look good. Um, and you found it online. It's yeah, a woman's shirt. It was. It was like through JCPenney or something. Yeah. You can actually buy that sweater with a little wraparound. It does not have the Starfleet insignia, but that's okay. No, you can always get one of those. And then the other <laughs> semi-silly thing was um, in Rand's quarters when Kirk and Spock come to save her, Charlie uses his powers to kind of fling them against the wall. And there's a really quick scene of the two of them kind of cowering, not cowering, like on the floor against the wall. And you can see right behind Leonard Nimoy, there's a huge crack in the drywall or whatever those sets are made out of. Cardboard. Cardboard, (laughs) where they must have banged into it while they were filming. And, you you know, the director was like, screw it, just keep filming. We don't have time to rebuild this. Leonard, you broke the ship. It's five to five. We have to finish this scene tonight. Go. Yep. So that was pretty amusing. And uh, I don't know why Rand is wearing that tablecloth. (laughs) 
that pink <laughs> tablecloth at the end because it is just not good. Well, you know what else is stupid? Okay, we see her wearing the pink tablecloth in her quarters, writing in her diary. Yeah, her, writing. Her Barbie diary yeah, she's with writing, the 10 cent lock on it. And she's putting big circles over all the eyes. Dear yeah. diary. Today cap- I'm wearing my pink gown. <laughs> um, and Charlie comes in and then, you know, he offs her when, uh-huh. she's, when she smacks him. So then when she reappears on the bridge, she makes a stupid gesture like, how did this happen? And what she gestures with is the gown. Like, the gown is what confuses her. Not the fact that she's been away in the ether for 20 minutes or that she's now on the bridge. She's confused that she's wearing this gown. Oh, bad acting choice. (laughs) You know what else I want to point out? So if anybody watches this, watch for this. In that last scene on the bridge, when this whole drama is going on with Charlie pleading to stay and that they saying, no, you have to go. There are a lot of reaction shots of all mm-hmm. the different characters and they are all showing different emotions. And Uhura, oh, Michelle Nichols, so has this amazing range of emotions playing across her face. You know, she's, she's sitting in her chair. She looks like she wants to do something desperately to help. You can see she's like ready to spring up and do something. If Kirk would say do something, she would yep. do it. She also looks really sad. There's almost tears in her eyes. But she's just observing. Ran is there, totally blank, no expression. And she's no supposed nothing. to be like central to what anchors Charlie to humanity. It's terrible. And then you pointed this out, and you're absolutely right. At the very end, after Charlie is gone, Uhura says he's gone back to the Thatian ship. And as she says it, her voice is breaking. Yes, because it's wonderful. It's, it's like she can just barely get the words out, and she's reporting this thing. And that's where it should have ended. But no, they have to give Rand the fucking last line of the episode. Oh, well, Kirk actually has the very last line, but she just kind of stumbles forward. Sniffling. In this, sniveling. In this very overly dramatic and totally fake way and kind of clutches the back of his chair and he's completely ignoring her because she's been <laughs> such a drama queen. Oh, Rand, shut up. And then finally McCoy takes her way over the credits, thank God. But Good it's change. like, she has never reacted to this guy at all. Yeah. Throughout the whole incident. And now all of a sudden she's like, <laughs> We were both sitting here shouting at the television. (laughs) Shut up! Shut up! Get out of here! Yes, but you're right. Nichelle just does a wonderful Uh, job. How much more interesting would it have been if Charlie had fallen in love with Ahura? Yeah. Oh, that would have been good. Yeah. That would have been so good. Then he would off Spock really fast. (laughs) Like the minute they hit the rec room. Would have been such a better episode. You know what else was really weird, too? Excuse me for, like, ranting about this, but in the scene when they're in the rec room and Charlie's doing card tricks (laughs) and he makes the cards change into pictures of Janice, why is she posing like she's a pinup model? Because she is. Oh, that was awful. Mm -hmm. She just looks like a little cheesecake model there. It's like, hi. Here's my shoulder. Yeah. Here's my boobs. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Don't like her. I was glad (sighs) when they got rid of her. So I think in sum, it was a great episode. Mm -hmm. Really, really good. Too bad Grace Lee Whitney was one of the main actors because they could have done a much better job with somebody else. But um, everybody else was very good. Oh, one other silly thing was the sort of python moment. weird it was almost like when the spanish inquisition it was like the spanish in. kirk says something like i'm going to take charlie on now and mccoy and spock both just sort of <laughs> swoop into the shot no jim you can't and it's like whoa they were just standing there and waiting. the assistant director pushed them in because they just you know I they think, were missing their cue I think they had them standing on little skateboards and they just pushed them <laughs> over there <laughs> 
Yeah, something like that. Oh, so as always, um, we're interested in your opinions. What do you think about Charlie X? Is it a good episode or do you not like it? Is there something that you really don't like about this episode? Besides Grace Lee Whitney, we know that already. Um, <laughs> and we're just going to assume you're all with us on that one. with us on that. So please send us an email, drop us a comment. Let us know what you think about this episode. Oh, also, you know, if this was the second episode, yeah. That was probably the first appearance of the spanking list. Oh. When Uhura hands it to Kirk. And it was a pretty prominent spanking list. Yeah. I mean, it was right there. Yeah. Does, what does she say? Like, staff? Sta- report? Status. Status report. Yeah, status right. report. Yeah. We both went spanking list. Spanking list, <laughs> of course. It. We of knew course. it. You know what I want us to watch sometime uh-huh. soon? Because we've kind of been watching earlier episodes uh-huh. and, and more serious ones. I would really like to watch a piece of the action. Oh, sure. Because I love that, that one. Yeah. Didn't we watch that at a con? That may have been the thing we were screen capping for three hours that night. I can't imagine you would spend three hours screen capping Kirk in a fuzzy hat. Oh, but no, no, no. <laughs> this, the scene where he gets up on the table and he makes the speech, there's some wonderful caps out of that. Oh, I know okay. we did that one. When he's talking about yeah. the Federation taking over, there's some yeah. good stuff in Okay, there. well, we're, we're going to watch that one sometime soon, too, because yeah. okay. I like that one a lot. Okay, we will. And if you all out there have suggestions for eps that we should watch... Let us know, because we have a list of our favorites, but we also would like to um, fulfill listener requests. Well, also, you know, from our comments, and this this just makes my little heart go pit-a-pat, so many people are saying, all those years of watching Trek, and I was never looking at this butt, I was never looking for an EVE. Mm-hmm. So, if you're now looking for those, tell us when you find it. Oh, if yeah. there, You know, many of these episodes we haven't seen in a long time. And so if you're watching an episode and there's great butt shots or very prominent EVE, nice baskets, something like that, let us know. We, we collect these things. Yes, absolutely. All right, great. Um, so I'm not sure what we're going to watch next time. Do we have a, another episode picked out? Was there something we wanted to see? I don't know. Huh? Well, maybe um, we'll just take a vote. People can write in. Yeah. And we'll select one. Okay. That we want to see, but please don't make it Omega Glory because I do not want to watch it. And that. please don't make it the Space Hippies. Oh, <laughs> those damn Space Hippies. <laughs> October. It is October. It is October. Peep. <laughs> peep, 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 peep. It's peep season, people. You know what peeps are, everybody? Everybody know what peeps are? Those little marshmallow chicks? I'm, I'm pretty sure most people in the U.S. know about them, but around the world, because we do have fans everywhere. That's true. These are the nastiest food ever invented by man. They are little marshmallow. marshmallow. The original ones were shaped like chicks and were only available at Easter. Easter. They are covered with noxious yellow, it's like fuzzy stuff, like Velcro over marshmallow. It's, it's like crunchy sugar Velcro over right. the top of it. And they have a little black eye. Yeah. And people who like these have debates about should you eat a peep fresh out of the plastic wrapping 
Or should you let it sit for a year until it gets really hard? I can't believe that they're edible, first of all. You know, I just can't imagine eating one of those things. It sounds totally disgusting. So you're all going, okay, what does this have to do with Star Trek or (laughs) sex toys or anything? Well, for some reason, Peeps became um, a thing that I I got blamed for just because I wrote the (laughs) first story. Um, I I was dared to write a story, a Star Trek story, where someone mistakes a Peep for a um, contraceptive sponge. So I did this, and I've written two, maybe three <laughs> Star Trek peep stories. Mm-hmm. But there is a fanfic writer named Ventura who has the most wonderfully strange imagination and is such a good writer. And she has run with the peeps. Oh, and she's writes, written like thousands of them. She writes so many They're peep so stories, good. and she has written a really f- incredibly funny, kinky six series of Kirk Horta stories where uh-huh. she pairs our poor captain with the Horta. But uh, the reason we're bringing it up now is it is Halloween. Yeah. And now we get these horrible, nasty things at Halloween. I want to point out that the cats, the peep cats, look like Hitler. (laughs) They do. Go look at them in the store. They look just like Hitler. But she's written a new uh, peep story in honor of Halloween. But we're going to put a link up to her website. So you can go read all her wonderful things. if you want to read the peep stories, fine. They're very funny. The Horta stories are very funny. Everything she does is really good, and yeah. I think you will enjoy it a lot. So we recommend the stories, but not the actual peeps. Right. Don't eat peeps. They're, no. Just, and no. And don't write to me about it. Yeah. <laughs> because I already have a number of people who write to me, Dear Jungle Kitty, I saw peeps in the store today for the first time this season, and I thought of you. <laughs> it's like, no, it's it, that mantle has passed Aventura. Send her your peep sightings. Oh, peeps. But they're, they're wonderful stories, and we do recommend them. Do you remember somebody brought them to a con once, and, and we all looked at them like, now what are we going to do with them? Nobody's really? going to eat them. Oh. I think we ended up burning them or something. Probably. Well, there's also websites devoted to real funny scientific yeah. experiments with peeps. Like putting them in the microwave and oh, blowing there, them Oh, there's even and... weirder ones. Oh, just a crack up. So, um, what we'd like to do now in response to a tremendous avalanche of fan requests is to do a little more reading on the show because both of us have written quite a lot. Actually, Jungle Kitty's far more prolific than I am, but um, <laughs> not necessarily better quality. There's just lots more of it. It's like McDonald's. <laughs> I'm the McDonald's of fanfic. So we wanted to read this time around. Um, we're not going to read fanfic. What we're going to read are things that both of us had done separately, which was a little bit of commentary on the episodes, which is in a way the where this show came from was just us both thinking about episodes and making some comments on them and both of us writing them up separately. Um, So I have chosen the one episode that I wanted to do and mine is pretty short. Um, So I'm going to do mine second. So why don't you do yours first? Okay. All right. Okay. So my little um, recap here is about Spock's brain. Brain and brain. What What is brain? brain? And this is something I wrote up after watching it at a con so that other people could share the wonderfulness of it. So I'm just going to read this for you. The pure camp value of this is wonderful. To watch the actors nobly struggling with such horrible material. Ah, the worse the script, the harder they try. Some favorite moments. When the women zap them, Kirk and McCoy practically fall on top of each other. And the shot right after that, when they're laying on the floor unconscious with their heads together. It's so cute. It is. (laughs) When McCoy is injecting one of the women to bring her around, he says... Give me a minute, I'll have her talking. 
And I know, I just know that someday the gods will answer my <laughs> prayers and Kirk will push him aside and say, give me a minute and I'll have her barking like a dog. <laughs> Plus, Kirk actually utters a line straight out of fanfic. Every nerve in my body was on fire. And the women are the givers of pain and delight. Pain and delight? Oh yeah, baby, bring me the paddle. And now that we're talking sex toys, <laughs> check off. If you don't have a videotape of Spock's brain, prepare to shoot yourself. I popped it into the VCR to torture a couple of friends. I was one of them, actually, <laughs> when you were doing this. That's right. One of whom pointed out that there's a blowjob on the bridge and on screen. Get out your VCRs, gang. At the beginning, the woman appears on the bridge, hits a button, and everyone passes out. Kirk slumps in a most delicious position, sprawled across the captain's chair with his beautiful butt in the air. Right after the opening credits, the camera pans the bridge. Stop watching <laughs> Kirk's butt. I know it's almost impossible, but the beauty of that butt shot has kept people from seeing the blowjob for 35 years. The fact that very few would consent to actually watch Spock's brain probably has something to do with it, too. Luckily, Risa is immune to Kirk's butt, and she pointed out the following. Chekhov has his head under the console in Sulu's lap. When the lights come up and he lifts his head, he even jostles Sulu's elbow. Then he jumps up in horror at what he's done and runs to the engineering console where he heaves. When Kirk says, Helm status, Mr. Sulu, Sulu looks down at his lap and then at the console. Oh, that Helm status. The best part, however, is rewinding it. So you can see Chekhov run back to his station and put his head under the console to go back to work. Spock's brain, what's not to love? Oh, I remember when we watched that and Risa pointed that out and we went, Oh, we all screamed. And everybody who came to our room, we we put it back in and yeah, made them watch that yeah. part. And everyone agreed that's what was happening. That's Blowjob what, on the bridge. You know what we should do sometime? Just because people are going to think we made this up and they may not all have the uh -huh. videotape. We should pop the videotape in, take the little movie. Oh, that's true. And then and yeah. we can even run it backwards for people. We can run it backwards for people. So, yeah, we will do that. We'll take care of that. We'll do that for sure. Um, so the one that I wanted to read was for uh, a different episode, which is Shore Leave, which is one that we should really watch and talk about in more depth because there's a lot in that. There's Ruth. Well, <laughs> so here are some impressions. Now, um, when I was writing this at the time, this is quite a long time ago, we were talking a lot about um, the Kirk Spock subtext in a lot of episodes because it, it is really there. And in this episode in particular, boy, it's really there. <laughs> So here's what I thought. Shore Leave is the episode in which we meet Kirk's Academy Days girlfriend, Ruth, and his Academy Days fuck buddy, Finnegan. <laughs> what is it with these guys beating the snot out of each other anyway? It's, it's like Fight Club! <laughs> Further proof that Kirk likes it rough. Oh, yeah. It's certainly nice to see McCoy getting some. It sure would have been neat to see the fantasy partners that Sulu and Ahura came up with. Wouldn't that have been great? Uh, yeah, that. especially Ahura. I would oh. love to see her dream man. That would be great. As for Spock, well, when Kirk or Spock are running from the airplane, they are grabbing each other rather urgently and more familiarly than one would expect for men who merely serve together. <laughs> Remember when we watched that? Yeah. They're trying to hide. They're all, all over each other. So funny. Let me touch you before we die. <laughs> 
Um, Kirk's shirt gets ripped, but he's, <laughs> but he's dirty, so you can't really see very much. But oh, please but- note, lots of glimpses of white underwear and socks when he and Finnegan are loving it up. <laughs> <laughs> this is the ep which begins famously with Kirk thinking that Spock is giving him a back massage on the bridge. It's all the more incredible when you see that the yeoman, who's actually servicing him, has her hand all the way down the back of his chair, probably in the waistband of his trousers, and he thought Spock had his hand down there? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my. Like, how did they get that episode? How did they get that scene in there? How did they get gay bonanza on the air? <sighs> Unbelievable. He thinks Spock is massaging his you back You could put on the anything on the air as long as, it, as you weren't open about it. <sighs> As long as there was even a semi-semi-plausible, maybe heterosexual explanation of it. It's so strange. See, I I need to watch that scene again because I want to see um, the expression on Kirk's face when he realizes it's not Spock. Mm -hmm. Then I want to see the expression on the yeoman's face when Kirk realizes it's her instead of Spock and is like, Offended? Disappointed? See, it's to, not Spock? I, to me, there are two valid interpretations of that scene. And, and the one is the, is the Kirk Spock mm-hmm. explanation of it's perfectly okay for Spock to be massaging mm-hmm. the captain on the bridge because they're lovers mm-hmm. or want to be and are still flirting. That's what all those chess games mm-hmm. are, dating. Oh, of course. Um, Play dates. Or there's the explanation of... Where am I going with this? I'm getting really tired. Um, it's okay as long as he thinks it's Spock because he he's not going to get aroused or involved with Spock, okay. whereas a beautiful yeoman is a danger territory okay. for him. All right, all right. So, I can you know, see that. there's two I, different ways you can go I, on I that. I can see that. It's just odd to me that... <laughs> That it's Spock, because Spock doesn't like to touch people. I mean, they've established this. uh, When? Oh, maybe that's a a, a fan. It is. Okay, it's it's a a fan thing. thing. See, I believed it. I fell into that. Yeah. But it's still... Okay, let me back up. You don't see him touching people a lot. Well, he's not a touchy-feely guy. He's not a touchy-feely kind of guy. And, um, you know, it just... It would still seem a little odd for you to expect your first officer to be giving you a background on the bridge. The story... That first got me into fanfic, uh-huh. that, and many people have said this was the story that drew them in, too, yeah. was Kill- Killa's, um, what's it called? Uh, oh my god, I can't it's remember. It's not called Taking Command, it's something like Giving Up Command. Yeah. Surrender! Surrender. Yes, surrender. surrender. And the whole way this incredibly hot and totally, totally homosexual encounter starts <laughs> is... With Spock giving Kirk a massage. I know, I know. You know, a a shoulder massage. But it's in his quarters. It's in his quarters. No, but I'm I'm just saying that... It's a great image. It, I mean, that story is, is so good. Yeah. It's so very good. It is. It's even though even though Killa, you know, she said recently something like it was baby S&M for her, mm-hmm. which I get, but it's still good. But that's okay. It was baby S&M for me, too, yeah, you know? Yeah. <sighs> Another really hot... Kirk Spock S&M story, though, is Taking, taking command. command. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Make my little heart go pitter-pat. <laughs> oh, anyway, so maybe we'll put Shore Leave on the list, because I, I think I would like to see that again. With That's the good. bunny. With the bunny. There's some interesting stuff in and, there. And Jim Darling. Jim Darling. But the him and Finnegan, I mean, <laughs> what is up with that? <laughs> it's fuck, buddy. <laughs> 
Finnegan and Mitchell were probably fighting over him back at the Academy. <laughs> you know, it's really interesting. You were pointing out in a show, several several shows back, about what a, a character Mitchell is. He mm-hmm. was in one episode, and yet he keeps popping up in, in fanfic, and people find him so intriguing. And Finnegan, to a lesser extent, is the same thing. He's very useful in fanfic. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, someone to, to explore. And it's one of the things I've wondered about is we're seeing... Kirk's memory. Mm-hmm. So, in real life, was Finnegan a maniacal, <laughs> fey Irish bully, <laughs> or was he just some guy that pissed Kirk off? And was Ruth truly right. a chipmunk-cheeked <laughs> young lovely who had not a thought in her head except to go, Jim, darling, <laughs> or? Is, is yeah. that what he wanted her to be? I don't know. I don't know. It's, Where's it's, the reality of that? It's very interesting. Because yeah. Finnegan is pretty insane. He is. He's very insane. And I do have <laughs> Irish music playing all the time. I read something once. Somebody was talking about that saying the Irish music really got to them. And they're just saying, thank God they had enough sense not to play ding, 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 every time Sulu came on. <laughs> Too funny. Well, we've kind of wandered off the topic. <laughs> oh, so, uh, so if you guys have any ideas about why Spock was giving Kirk a back massage on the bridge. Yeah, give us some more interpretations. Like, we haven't come up with enough well, twisted stuff it's, here. It's true. So, and if your favorite moment is that in the whole episode is when Spock has the two girls with fuzzy breasts by his side. Yeah, really. Um, let us know about that, too. Right. That's worth exploring. Send us email. Look at us at gmail.com. So we're going to continue once in a while to read some of our little episode summaries. Mine are on my website. Jungle Kitties are on her website. Yep. So you can go there. And there aren't, there aren't too many of them. Yeah. Because, you know, there are 79 episodes, and that was, like, way too much writing for me. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> we're not up to doing a sunbeam-esque no. sort of thing. No, 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 no. Far too lazy. Uh, so I think that wraps up this particular episode of Look at His Butt. That's right. And we have looked at his butt a lot. Over 16 episodes. Ooh, that's a lot of 17? What are we up to? This is 16. This is 16. And the next one will be 17. Okay, it usually works that way. We should have a party for, I don't know, 20? 25? Well, yeah, 25. Let's let's look at his butt. A very special episode. (laughs) I'm looking forward to our Christmas special. Oh, that would be good. And, you know, we've really got to get to work on that because if you're going to be ready by December. That's true. You've got to start now. It's true. All right. Uh, okay, so that's it, and we're going to play our usual outro music, and we'll catch you next time. Mm-hmm.